Welcome to Tech Tech T Quick Takes. It's today, February 4th, 2021. And today we'll be talking about $100 million for Quebec venture funds, longtime Toronto startup darling Hubba shutting down, and Snowflake, a giant cloud company, is opening an office in Canada. We'll also be reacting to your questions and your comments. So show us some emoji love and drop a comment, and we're going to shout it out live. You ready to get started? Alex, come on up. Hey, how's it going? It's music's going well, kind of mellow. Like, what's going on? I'm not you want more pump up? <laughs> I, like, I, I want a live on hoverboard energy music. Oh man, it's dude. We are well past the hoverboard. We are now at the home studio. So, you ready for our first topic? Sure, let's go. All right, a hundred million dollars for Quebec venture funds. What is going on here, Alex? So, you may have not realize this, but Quebec likes doing things its own way once in a while. Um, so. If you look at the Canadian venture capital scene, there's very few LPs out there. And the Quebec government announced late last week uh, that it and three pension funds are going to put a combined $100 million to seed at least three new venture funds. The program will be run as public competition with proposals due by the end of March. So okay, that, so, yeah. what, so, so tell me, Alex, um, uh, not a lot of LPs out here. What does that really mean? That means there's not enough money coming into venture funds to invest in Canadian technology companies? Well, it depends what you think, and you know, but that just means there's not enough institutional investors backing venture capitals, which means less money for companies in Canada. And in particular, now you're, in you're deploying you're deploying capital into Canadian startups, but are you in are you in Quebec? Not not that I know. So let's get someone from Quebec. All right, let's bring someone from Quebec up here. Let's welcome Isaac, partner at Real Ventures, to the stage. Hey, Isaac. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. We're, we're glad you can make it. You, you can tell us the real deal because you know we're we're not Quebecois and we, we we read this. We don't know what really impact real, real impact is. So I'm about half Quebecois for the record after seven years. So I, I've got I've got a ways to go, but I think in this group I'm uh, I'm like a step ahead. <laughs> you are. So so tell tell us what this actually means. Like I, we, and again, Jason, I don't know if you posted in the stream, but this was announced by the government. It was I, all I've seen is a French press release. So I look at it and I'm like, and it's very very limited information so what 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 are the details here what what do you know about it that we should well first of all there is a lot of info you just have to read it in french so in my <laughs> case i just like call my friends and 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 help them but no I've, I've i've read the document uh i mean it's as you described it i think you did a great job of summarizing there aren't that many lps across canada institutional lps and you know where's the money come from venture it either comes from institutions from from large family offices or from high net worth individuals, uh, especially those who have exited. And we have some of all of those, but not as much. And in Quebec, even less so, right? Because uh, some of the capital that is accumulated in the rest of parts of Canada, is not gonna easily migrate over to Quebec for kind of political and, and social reasons. So the, the Quebec government and the, these government linked or, or, or connected pension funds, so in this case, CDPQ, uh, FTQ and Fondaction, have long been spinning up different programs to inject capital into the innovation ecosystem. And actually Real Ventures, which has been around about 13 years, the very first Real Ventures Fund came out of one of these programs. It was it was smaller scale at the, at the time. So, so they have a track record of doing this. It's worked many times in terms of like bootstrapping new firms, which then go out there and attract more capital from other people and, and do the work. So this is kind of, you can see this as the latest in a line of efforts from the big institutional money players in Quebec to put money into the innovation ecosystem. So if it's worked, 
like, because I think of Montreal in particular, I don't like, I can't say as much for Quebec and Gatineau, but there seems to be activity across Quebec with startups. And if it's worked, why do they have to do it again? But that's a great question. I think it has worked to a point and, and real is a great example, like a, a firm that has, has been bootstrapped with a program like this and now is operating across Canada and has a lot of assets under management and, a, and, and, and quite a track record, but doesn't always work for every firm that got spun up through one of these programs. Not all of them have been long lasting. So that's one thing. And the other thing is, well, the, the deficit of capital is, is real. So it has, it's worked to, to, you know, instigate new firms and get more activity, but has it worked to suddenly attract hundreds of millions of dollars from other, you know, pockets of accumulated capital? I don't think it has worked that well. And that's like a, I don't think that really happens until you get many, many multi-billion dollar exits coming out of the ecosystem, because then those people will be liquid. They'll be the new family offices. It starts a flywheel. And 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 the conservative money, which made its money in real estate or 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 natural resources, they need to see a lot of of cash on cash returns before they really think, yeah, I should put my money into technology, which I don't understand that well and has not had an amazing track record. So so it's a long process, and 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 our ecosystems and Toronto's the same, a little bit different, but but same overall. Who are we competing with? Uh, a New York ecosystem, a Boston ecosystem. So they have tons of accumulated capital. So it has worked. But if we want to catch up and if we want to have enough money, or I shouldn't even say catch up, but compete, if you want to have enough money for the great companies coming up, then you you know these are the initiatives that you have to take. So question here, is there any mandate this goes to early stage, late stage, growth stage? Like where's this money? Which these funds are going to invest in? Are they going to be all early stage? Do we know these that are yet? going to be very early stage funds, and and I think it's the right move. This is about uh, seeding the pre-seed and early seed ecosystem because, and as you know well, being an investor at that yeah. stage, that's the most local form of capital. Like it's harder to get checks across the provincial border or across the national border at a pre-seed company that just formed. As companies mature. They ha it's easier for them to access capital from other places because they have a track record and they have numbers and and they're more of like an objective known quantity. So these are going to be early stage funds and the money will be mostly for Quebec. That's kind of the quid pro quo of all of these programs. And to be honest, like I think uh, it makes sense. This is basically taxpayer or employee money. So if you're going to take it and push it into this uh, into this asset class, like you want it to go into Quebec startups. Now, not all of the money will go to Quebec, yeah. but but uh, but a lot of it will. So, so then let's, if you're a founder or, you know, someone in the tech ecosystem, why should you care? Give me the Quebec. Why should you care in the outside of Quebec? Like if I'm Alberta right now, does this make a difference to me? If I'm Alberta, I'm calling my my MP or whatever, my local politician. <laughs> I say, where's, where's our program? Because I think every province or every cluster would benefit from this. If I'm Quebec and I'm an early stage founder, it's great news. Like there's not a lot of people writing consistent institutional high quality checks in, in the ecosystem. So there's going to be more capital for the founders. And so I think in, in Quebec, you got to be excited. And if you're outside of it, if you like to, to invest a little later into Quebec companies, maybe, you know, someone like you or, or, or VCs are that are later stage, uh, 
you know, it's like, hey, there's going to be more great, well-funded companies coming out of Montreal, and there's going to be more people to co-invest with and partner with. So if we're looking five years in the future, oh, someone, a question has popped up. Oh, no. Uh, if we're looking five years in the future, um, why has this been successful? Maybe it's 15 years because it's venture. So what makes it successful? I think this is successful if it really bootstraps like, you know, generational firms that that can kind of outgrow the the stimulus and and attract again as we say real like institute other institutional capital get more of the accumulated wealth in quebec and canada into the innovation ecosystem so that's the one success metric and the other one is pretty traditional can you back great companies return cash to the government and to the and to the pension funds and and get these like legendary companies which turn the flywheel get get liquidity so i think that's that's what success so looks like there's two things i heard and the question I have is, is there enough emerging managers to back and is there enough startups to back? Like, is, is there, is there again, the old, is there enough of a pipeline here? It, it's always this chicken or egg. And, and uh, for sure, I mean, I'm like investing uh, for the last three, four years in the Quebec ecosystem. No question. There's enough great companies. And there are many companies here who are really high quality, but have trouble accessing capital and maybe don't do enough to go outside of Quebec. Are there enough great emerging managers? Well, let's see. Like, uh, I think they've done one great thing with this program, which is make it very open. Previous programs were a little bit more like not fully announced. And this one is like a competition. So so let's see who th throws their name in. And hopefully the competition will select for the people who can make money for the investors and, and, and be internationally minded rather than just, you know, folks who know the people who are involved. So cool. I think, uh, let's see. Well, one last question. Um, what what's your biggest what's your biggest takeaway? What's your biggest worry about this? Either question. Well, I, my biggest takeaway is that you know so so the the last time this happened was 2017. It was a different government. It was a different party. And every time you switch over, it's like, well, are these guys going to still be interested in 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 pushing the innovation ecosystem? Because the, the economy is very complicated, and we think like we're everything, but there's lots of people who need money and support for the government. So my biggest takeaway is indeed. The Legault government, the CAQ, and and everybody uh, under that under that grouping are still all in on making this part of the economy work as they should because these are the jobs of the future and and this is kind of the future of society. So that's my that's my big take. Cool, Isaac. Thanks thanks for joining us. Uh, I think maybe we'll bring you up for more Quebec things. You, you, you're a bit closer to the ground there in Montreal. I would love really to. appreciate it. I, and I'm glad that TechTTO is taking an interest in these topics. But but really love what you guys are doing. Uh, sort of keeping the info flowing and and just happy so, to be a part of it. If you love what we're doing, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a plug here. We have an insider program. I don't know if you have a membership, but I'm gonna give you one if you don't, and we can continue the conversation. So if anyone wants to ask. Anything Quebec, Isaac will be in our Slack channel. He didn't know about that before, but now he's up there. I'll see um, you guys in Slack. Please do that. I would love. I would love <laughs> to continue the conversation. Hey, merci beaucoup, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex. Okay. Next up. Next up, we got another topic. We got to hit. We got two more yeah. topics to yeah, cover okay. today. The next one is Hubba down and out. This is a sad one. Tell us a little bit about Hubba's history and their stature in the ecosystem. So. I, th I think there's two things. Hubba represents all the potentials ecosystem. They started in 2011, or let's be clear, in the Toronto ecosystem in particular. Started in 2011, started by Ben Zifkin, who we can get to in a minute, but really experienced person, really big advocate for the ecosystem and advocate for making the ecosystem more Canadian. I will get, get to that. But their big idea was to help brands connect to retailers. And they've tried a couple different iterations. When they first started off, they were sort of like, 
the place to verify information about any brand. So if, like they're, you know, they had Walmart and Target, they put a Crest uh, or Colgate toothpaste up there and they'd make sure that they had all the right pictures and right information. Great idea, had some traction, but what they found was they were attracting lots of, as the DTC and emerging brands started coming out, there was a lot more demand for those, the, the you know, the new, the new, um, the new Colgates, the new PNGs, the new toothpaste to be connected to independent retailers. And they went that route. And so they, they and that worked out for them for a while, didn't it? It seemed to like, you know, yeah. they, they raised now, a lot other, of money. There's other, there's other companies that are doing the, a similar thing to a lot of success, right? Yeah. You know, it, so in, in Waterloo, you have a Waterloo slash San Francisco company called fair, which mm -hmm. started off with the same concept. And from all outside appearances, they seem to be going quite strong right now. They've raised a big round recently. So, right. and, and there was companies doing this in the States. So like every good idea, simultaneously there's a lot of people that pursue it and then it, and then it's just the one that seems to get the most traction and it and if yeah. and this appears to be a winner take all market yeah and, and they had raised a lot of money right what was the what was the fundraising history on hubba so from what i can see and understand zifkin uh, sorry Zip, uh, hubba raised about 60 million dollars um yeah. it was interesting it's typical you know participation from this ecosystem so real ventures isaac's firm had was invested two small fishes which is eva lao yeah. uh, you know from wapad fame bright spark yeah. Which is an old, you know, original gangster firm, and the big money came from a company called Goldman Sachs, forty million dollars. Yeah. You may, have, you may have heard them in the game. You know, this is probably some people while shorting GameStop was were trying to, um, were trying to hurt <laughs> Goldman. <laughs> Amazing! I, it's always fun, Alex, to hear you um, call a venture fund, fund original gangster. Now, you had also mentioned um, Zifkin in there. Can tell us who was behind Hubba? Tell us a little bit more about Ben. So Ben is one of these people you want to succeed. You you know. He has a heart of gold and he, he just was big visions. He, he, you know, yeah. he always criticizes, he goes, we have no star problem. We have a finish up problem. And, yeah. you know, he was at WorkBrain, which if you looked, was a good diaspora of talent from WorkBrain. He founded yeah. a company called Axiom, which he sold. Then he basically came back, started Hubba. And while he's building Hubba, he didn't have his blinders on, just focus about the company. He helped start all these organizations have shaped this ecosystem. You know, he's involved in the Upside Foundation, Ladies Learning Code, Sick Kids Toronto, um, LGBT initiatives. You know, when we say Tech Toronto says we want to win together, we you know, and we want to make ourselves different in the valley. Ben actually was doing that, and he I was remember using his, his Tech Tio uh, presentation. We brought him to City Hall for his best of for the best of Tech Tio presentation. I believe it was something like "Stop whining." You know, and start growing. And it was all about helping to set the culture of what it means to be a successful technology company in Toronto and in Canada. So uh, I agree. This is someone you want to succeed. And I have to say, um, you know, whatever he does next, I'm sure that we're going to be supportive. And there's going to be a this is a guy who's going to be more successful. That's going to have uh, his time. Do you agree? Yes. And I, what I'd actually go, it's more than him. I think I hope the culture he built, the ambition he showed model it for probably 50 to 100 employees that went through those doors and worked at a time. And well, so you've got a multiplier effect. Even when companies don't succeed, I think that's why it's a big deal. There's some companies that come in and flash in a pan. They don't, they don't, they don't have any impact. I think we'll hear about the Hubba diaspora. We'll, and there'll be an impact. Either Ben will start something or some of the other people who went through those doors will start something big. They'll make sure that they take care of the ecosystem. So I think even when some things don't succeed, that see someone with ambition and see someone do something right has an impact. So uh, great culture, great team, going to have a lasting impact beyond uh, just the success of the business. Is this a COVID casualty? Not sure. Like, you know, they hadn't raised round in a couple of years. 
they were relatively quiet. They had pivoted. Um, it's they seem to have traction from the outside, but you never know. Um, COVID did not help, right? Like if your customers are independent retailers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, look, I, I talk to people in Texas and Florida and nothing seems to have changed in life, but most of North America retailers are closed. And so I don't know, again, not as familiar with the business model. So I don't know if, you know, it just, their, their clients went out of business or right. they were doing volumes, you know, based like a you know, percent of, you know, marketplace. It just, I don't think it was, an, it was probably the final nail, but I don't think it was the only reason that they're not around today. Got it. And so what do you think happened? Yes. Jason, I've lost you. Alex, what do you think happens and next Jason, to the retailers um, uh, who are impacted by Hubba? Well, I think I think the retailers and brands that are relying on Hubba will have to scramble to find other ways to get the supplier to get the customers. Um, you know, like I said, there's other players in the market. You might get um, fair fair could benefit from it, and I, I think you know it's like when uh, <laughs> it's like what I see what I see what happens when other companies go. There were people or there were companies depending on us for supply and companies depending on revenue and it, it just hurts um look I, I think if i look at the big picture here this is a company that modeled what we want to do this ecosystem and every and and i think our ecosystem has a habit of getting upset but when big you know people shoot for the moon and and, and don't go and get stuck in our atmosphere and i'd love to see more stories like hubba because if we have for every, if we have more people trying to trying to build money, raise something, be ambitious, change when I need to, and and no, not don't apologize. Not all of them will work, but eventually we'll break out. And we'll have the companies that you know make this Canadian ecosystem huge. It's it's I hard. love that. It's and hard Alex, to build this. And Alex, it is yes. hard, and people need insight on how to scale up, how to raise money. Ben was amazing at raising money. You know one way they can learn that? How? Founders and funding, Alex. What yeah. are you hosting tomorrow? What's going on? So, so tomorrow, you know, look, we do founders and funding every couple of weeks. It tells the stories. It gets rid of the bullshit and basically gets a founder and a funder to basically tell why the company exists, um, why the fa- a funder invested, and how they work together. So tomorrow you got Andrew from Initialized Capital, which if you're trying to raise money from a good Valley VC, you should hear him talk because he they do invest in Canada. And Aaron from Tapolytics, which is one of those companies that went through YC and was the first one to move, one of the first ones to go YC and say, screw the Valley, we're moving back to Toronto, it's a better deal. And basically build a company here. So I think it's gonna be very insightful. It's gonna be a great episode. If you wanna grab a ticket to the free live stream, head over to techto.org, that's happening tomorrow. It would be awesome to have Ben and maybe one of his VCs on and talk about the end of, uh, of Hubba as well. That's obviously a sensitive spot right now. Uh, but let me put let me put that out there, Alex. We'd be pretty cool to have that conversation. Okay. So so I think I have to wait till COVID's over and go have a couple drinks with a couple That's people. The, all right, we got it. We got a third topic for today. Are you ready? Yeah. Snowflake opens a Toronto office. So first of all, I want to shout out to uh, Chris uh, Pierre who suggested this item on Twitter. Uh, Snowflake, you know, this would could be for GameStop. All everyone in the world was complaining about uh, about their valuation. Their stock market, darling, they're worth like eighty five billion USD as I checked yesterday. So uh, not as much as GameStop, but okay. Well, yeah, they, they do. have yeah. revenue and, and are growing, unlike losing money. Um, what Good. they do is they they bring data to the cloud and mm-hmm. they just make it easier for enterprises to deal with the cloud and deal with data. And they're actually a big deal. They're like if you can get a you know 
the hot, one of the hottest companies in the Valley that everyone wants to emulate and be like. Right, right, right. So uh, here's the question. If this is a hot Valley company, why are we talking about it on TechTO Quick Takes? We're more of a, we're more of a Canadian focused operation here, no? Well, uh, so they look, like you said, they're opening a Toronto office uh, for engineering. And this just shows like, you know, when you hear Facebook opening offices everywhere, it sort of makes sense because they're so big and they're not like, they're not exciting to work for anymore. You're, you're working for the man. Like Snowflake is a, is a coveted company, which I think can- The man being Mark Zuckerberg. Is that yeah. who you're saying? Yeah. Did you call him an OG as well, or that's strictly for Canadian uh, venture funds? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't miss that. You call Mark an OG as well? I just want to hear you say gangster uh, again. No, you're not going to get me there. Mark, <laughs> there's nothing gangster about Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> um, you know, but, but like, look- uh, they should be able to recruit anywhere in the world. And they decided yeah. they, there's talents here and they want to recruit here. Uh, I think Isaac just like messaged me saying, is this from the crypto numerics acquisition? I think that mm. has something to do with it. So look, it was sort of televised a bit that they're interested in Toronto. They bought crypto numerics, which is a Toronto based company that went through CDL. Hassan yeah. Badi uh, was a founder there. I think mm -hmm. it was a, you know, I don't know if it was a talent acquisition. I don't know if it was a blockchain acquisition, but they had no commitment to open an office here. They let that open stay. They've decided yeah. to double down. Like if you go look at the press release, um, again, it, they, they claim is that- Is it in, in English or French, this press release? I, I think it's an American. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> you know, and then they throw a couple, um, it's Spanglish, I think, no. Um, yeah. and, and like, look, they, they state that they're coming here for two reasons. Uh, yeah. One is just level of talent. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is the quality of life. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't know if, they would have been here without crypto numerics, but they wouldn't, they, yeah. there was no commitment to, to be this and, big. And uh, this is a great story because the last couple of weeks we've talked about a few things. One, what the new administration in the US means for global immigration to Canada. And two, the brain drain of Waterloo candidates to the US. And here we have a world leading US company opening an office here. That talent's not going to San Francisco. They're coming here for it to access talent. And two, you've got... Um, uh, immigrant from Pakistan who came to Toronto for education before the last administration. So even in a welcoming open environment, we could have gone to the US, could have gone anywhere, chose Canada, chose to work on really hard technical problems, got purchased by uh, up, uh, one of the rocket ships of uh, of the last couple of years, uh, and now, now really having the future of Canadian economy with this global money coming in, training, hiring, all this kind of thing. Now, some people might argue this is bad for Canada. What do you think, Alex? Well, and I, I can imagine a few of them. They're very vocal people. They've been very successful. They worry about us selling the future. I have a mm -hmm. very different perspective. I'm like, bring on the competition. I would love to see every global tech firm open up in Toronto, mm -hmm. Montreal, or Vancouver. Yes, it will drive the cost up of our employees. Yes, we'll, yeah. our, our founders will have to be more competitive. And and you know what? I don't want to be competing on price. I, I think right. I think in the long run, it's a, if you're building a global company, you're going to be competing globally for talent. And I think there's more net benefits to having a uh, to having Snowflake here. Like uh, if you know, like I think it provides employees to see what world yeah. world class scale and scaling is like. It allows them to make connections with the Valley and other locations. And I think eventually, look, if people are going to work for a company that's already public, they're not the ones going to hypothetically work at a, you know, yeah. you know they're hey. going to work for the new fund out of Quebec. Look, right? the, like, the, it's, it's, this is not about being protectionist, you know? It's like, we can't coddle our talent. We need to send them out into the world. They got to compete. They got to learn. They got to grow. And then we've got to... You know, we've got to create the atmosphere for success here, the culture they want to be a part of, the social fabric they want to contribute to. 
And you know what? That works. We know that's working. You know, people aren't coming here for cost of capital, uh, cost of capital, cost of talent, because that's a near term thing to take advantage of. But it's expensive and hard to open an office here. You've got to be thinking out years and years and years. And I think that's going to go away. What you're going to have left with is amazing people, amazing talent, a place where people want to live, work and play. Uh, and I think that's why they're coming to Canada. Yeah, and then right? I'll, I'll drive down here. Like, so the employee going to work at Snowflake, if you're trying mm -hmm. to recruit her to work at your startup with three employees, she's yeah. probably not the employee you want now. But let her go spend four or five years at Snowflake, learn how to build an engineering team, learn how to build something global scale that's public. And then when you're about to go public, you know, you do your D round in five years, you go yeah. recruit her because at this point, she's, you've, you've got, she's been trained by Snowflake Free or by Facebook. And, 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 and not only that, that Alex, so the capital thing. We talked earlier on your show with Isaac about how the flywheel turning, right? And getting more money in. Yeah, for sure. That's driven by exits. That's also driven by really well-paid technologists and engineers from these big companies that don't have a, you know, they don't spend all that money that they make at Facebook engineering or Snowflake engineering on, you know, Uber Eats delivery. They put it back into the next generation of companies. They'll fund themselves on their next startup. That's where the seed capital comes from. That's where friends and family capital comes from. That's where bootstrap, you know, uh, capital comes from. Let's, let's take that money from Snowflake. Let's put it back into our ecosystem. Now, the big questions, because I'm not clear, is are they going to actually have a physical office? This is going to be remote. That's huge. Well, I hope they get a physical office. You know, we work really closely uh, at TechTO with Toronto Global. We want to help them get all sorts of world-leading tech companies to open up in the Toronto uh, region. Uh, they're doing a, an unbelievable job. They led that Amazon HQ2 bid where we were uh, shortlisted, the only non-US uh, city to be shortlisted. Uh, it's drawing more and more companies here, and they're, they're going to absolutely crush it. Jason, it doesn't have to be Toronto. I just want to, anywhere in Canada, like just Vancouver Economic Forum in, in Vancouver, which is very helpful. Sure, yes. Um, I'm sure it's counterparts in, in Montreal and you know Winnipeg, yeah. across the country. I think the more people that create great jobs for the tech ecosystem, the better it's for us. So, but Amazing. Anyone has questions, we can definitely put them in touch with uh, Toronto Global. Or you know anyone else that they need to to you know if somehow someone on the states is listening to this for some weird reason. Yeah, you know what? Why not? Uh, we welcome we welcome people who are interested in the Canadian technology ecosystem from everywhere. So look, Alex, what a week in Canadian tech! Uh, if you haven't already, wherever you're watching us on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, you got to like and subscribe or whatever they tell you to do. Just do it now. Uh, and the best place to like and subscribe, of course, TikTok. is as oh, Alex. Wow. As a TechTO insider, all right? A TechTO insider is where you get to hang out with the entire Canadian technology ecosystem. You get to support each other, celebrate the wins, commiserate over losses, share learnings. We've got incredible founders. Just to speak out, a whole bunch of founders coming us from the Velocity program. Is that right? That's correct. We're excited and, to have them. And, and the Velocity program is going through a renaissance. Uh, we, we, you know, maybe we should get uh, the director from there to tell you they're, we, to, in the future want to talk about their, what they're doing. Awesome. So uh, definitely check out techto.org insider membership program. We'll be there answering questions uh, right now and forever. Uh, thanks, Alex. This was a great week in tech. We'll see thanks. you on the inside. Cool. We're in the business of delivering impossible things. We're in the business of delivering things that nobody's ever seen before. If you build that culture, you'll come up with you know really cool and innovative stuff and you know, literally could be in the next multi-billion dollar idea. So this conversation is largely going to be about scaling yourself and scaling your leadership team. I want to talk about one of the biggest struggles that I think a lot of startups face early on, which is building initial traction.